You are listening to Koa Town Underground. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Koa Town Podcast. This is episode 19. This is part two of our conversation with Molly Ledford, who is a Columbia musician, uh, a multimedia artist. Um, we pick up from last time uh, with a with a conversation kind of about uh, Molly's beginnings in uh, playing indie rock. And uh, we are also joined by our friend Dan Cook, podcast alumni, uh, and also former bandmate of Molly, Jay, and Jonathan Bradley in the Verna Cannon. So let's get right back into it. I'm holding in my hand, 1992, compact disc released by Closet Normal Records. Yes. Uh, please, I, please no profanity. Please no profanity. Uh, Kipshaw's production in association with WUSC uh, containing lots of... Dan, are you on this? Yes, Dan is on this. I won't help. Everybody's on this. So... Uh, this is a legendary uh, collection of, of Columbia, South Carolina, independent music from the early 90s. Um, and Molly, you're on this. Yes. This is the first, this is the first band I ever saw. Well, I, didn't, I didn't even know if I'd met you yet, but I saw you playing with um, Chris Fraley. Yeah. And I think it was at, might have been at a fish benefit. It was definitely at Rockefellers. Like the fish in the water? A magazine. The fish, oh. John. You know whose whose magazine that was? Yes, your brother's magazine. Yeah, Goaty Fish. Goaty. Okay. Yeah. Oh. See, I was thinking the band Fish. I was like, that doesn't seem right. I think you played with um, Douglas Che. Yeah. Yes, I, I loved I loved him so much. Right. I can't remember this particular. Uh, I mean, I it was a long time ago, but um, yes. And I don't remember if you were a duo or a trio. But I remember it was very acoustic, and you guys were very different than what was kind of happening in general. Well, except for maybe Douglas Shay. Uh, but it was it was a uh, it was cool. And um, how how did you get to Columbia and be in the music scene? And was that your first band? Um, so it was not my first band because I was under the impression, it, as a child. <laughs> That if you had not been in a band by the time you went to college, well, there was no way you could, you needed to have experience, see? <laughs> so right. I, I thankfully was in a band in high school. So I felt like, okay, I could go to college and be like, well, I've been in a band before. So yeah, I had a band in high school where I played like rhythm guitar. Um, Molly, and... Molly and the Bishops. <laughs> no. It was called Jacqueline, and it was, and yeah, I just played, um, Jacqueline. I just played guitar. Uh, I just, yeah, it was, it was, it was you know, originals or cover songs? All originals, uh, pretty much. And we, uh, just like we practiced every Saturday, I think with no ever intention of even playing somewhere, you know, I think like we were just like, we have a band and then, yeah. Then we got um, <laughs> okay. So that so finally we got to play. Our, we got this drummer, who she like, we got this female drummer, which was super awesome. She was really tough. She could play um, the drums. Or should I stay or should I go now? Just like perfectly. 
Um, <laughs> she, anyway, so she was the one who was like, once she kind of joined up with us, she was looking for gigs for us. She got us a gig at this place in Charleston called the Sailfish Lounge. And um, I still remember um, going That's, in there. Th- that sounds like a place that Jonathan Bradley might have played. What no, was like, no. Uh, what what was your oyster roast band? Oh yeah, well we would just play like like people's houses and stuff. Oh okay, I'm like, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Molly. Suburban yeah. disposal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just have yeah, like so I was probably seventeen, I guess, and um, we got this gig and we got to play, and I just remember, yeah, it was like this dive bar kind of place but we were so excited we were like bringing our stuff in and i just remember overhearing some guy going oh the band's just a bunch of goddamn kids (laughs) 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 and i just remember being like we're gonna show you show you man and uh, so um, wow yeah yeah and so um I got to USC. I my roommate um, was my friend Jennifer Day, who I had met like in high school, and we had you know she shared uh, a love of like songwriting and language, and we just really bonded over that in a big way. Um, so she was also in um, Atchafalaya. Yes, yes. So um, and then Chris, I think Chris actually admitted he like got a cello hoping to like get in on what we were doing or whatever. So I just basically got a cello and learned the cello and yeah, he was great. And uh, it was awesome. I love the cello. And um, so, yeah. So again, in college we were like writing songs and just for each other kind of in our dorm room. And then, you know, Jennifer had gone to governor school with Kip and so you know kip was always on her radar and so yeah we were watching what he was doing with college radio and everything and saw the ad in the i think it was in the usc some you know maybe it was in the the gamecock or what whatever that anyway there was some way we found out about this compilation and so we okay. record recorded a song for it and um again yeah do you think about what recording was like back then you went to um strawberry, strawberry skies right no no no. you recorded four track and then and then basically got a dat made i guess at strawberry skies but before that <laughs> we tried this this studio it's like just like yeah let's look at the yellow pages what is what have we got you know we didn't i don't even think was there a car that we somebody could drive us in? I don't know. Like, so th- we found this this recording studio. This was like something out of like a, a movie because it was yeah one of these places. I think they had all these black and white pictures of like country western people on the wall. The guy like like was shaking our hands, but like like it wasn't lining up. You know, it was one of these things. Where, like, we was just like, I don't know what was going on. We had to like find his hand, you know, and um, and we we uh, we were always it was always so he like, was a seasoned veteran, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was All like just, my whole thought back then was like, well, how much is an hour? You know, 
how much is an hour of studio time? One hour, please. Like, it just seems very like the Muppets or something. Like, that was my approach. There's a vending machine for that. Like, Like, when I think about, yeah, the way I would go about studio stuff was... The the song is three minutes. We're going to need about five, probably. Five minutes? How much is that? Like, it's kind of like in the Muppet movie when they buy that car, when the, you know, the, the, the fly lands on the price, you know? Like, I just think, like, I was so... Like the the band I had in high school, we bought one hour of studio time at some place in downtown Charleston, <laughs> and we just going. blasted through our set, you know. And and I have a cassette of that. And um, <laughs> so we bought one hour of studio time at this country western place. And like I I I I um, it just didn't work out. Like I sounded so bad. Like I was trying to sing some kind of harmony. It was so bad. I came home and just cried. And like just just was like I think I'm not supposed to do this and um and then we tried it again Chris got his four track and we tried it and it it went better and I was like okay you know because I really like trying to do this stuff but I really think I suck you know and um so yeah so we did that and you know, I guess the occasional like cafe espresso, if anybody remembers right. that. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's cafe cafe depresso. Cafe depresso, yeah. Of course. So and, is it, um, I so saw did, you guys there. Dan, did you see them? I don't remember. Oh no, come on. But you like but um I liked the recording. Okay, you like the recording. Okay. Yeah. So so after so so at the end of college, there was this other group called Mira in town, and they had a sort of a they they felt like like there was a kinship, you know. But they were like, hey, would you Mira Achafalaya slow foliage? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So they asked us to do a split cassette, and so. We we're like, sure, like sometimes in life you need somebody else to kind of almost like put you up to something like, you know, it would be wrong to say no to this, right? So I guess <laughs> we'll do it. You know, I don't think we would have recorded anything otherwise like this. So we did a split um, cassette and it was for sale at Nuclear Days and Dan listened to it. And I was on the like quite a while mailing list. Um, and I remember getting my postcard through the slot of my door and it had handwriting on it. I probably still have it that says like, I really like that, that Atchfly Amira cassette. And I was just like, huh? <laughs> 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 I was just like, what is happening? You know, like, like, because I was like, it's you like know, Inception you- or something like the. <laughs> Because because right. I mean, so, but at the time, I mean, you knew Dan from like quite a while. Yeah, he was yeah. a person on stage. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yes, I mean, you you knew, and and I mean, Dan. Yeah, I mean, you're a bit of a bit of a big deal. A bit of a bit of a big deal in the, town. The Dan. Huh? Right. This is like what I've come to believe in life that like, yeah, the the best way to like meet the people like the maybe the best way to like befriend the people that you're a the best way to encounter the people you're a fan of is if by any chance you can get in there, it, you know, if you can become 
appear in some way, you know, like that was awesome. Like rather than having to like stop down on the street and be like, Hell Oh my yeah. God, I'm a fan. Ah, you know, <laughs> to get like, you know, a postcard that says like, I like what you do. I was like, what? You know? And, uh, and so then you did I, that now you would scare someone to death. Like they would be like, <laughs> what am I, what am I doing? Is someone watching me? And and think about it. Yeah, like no, if there was an internet, I guess maybe there was, but like I was so slow to get into it, you know, like everything was so low fi. Like, yeah, I listed I put your cassette tape in a cassette player. I liked right. it. Now I'm writing on a postcard to tell right. you, you know, because <laughs> I noticed that you're on my mailing list. And um so then I was, yeah, I was thought I was gonna be a teacher. I was working across from Dent Middle School, this this school where I did teach for one year the summer before that at super pets and um great to like just cross the street like kids are like you seem familiar it's like Mary, you saw me on super pets but um uh, but uh michael hamrick came in and was like molly you know like came into super pets i was like putting like squeaky toys on you know racks or something and he was like molly you're not gonna believe this like dan wants to work with you <laughs> What? You know? So then we restarted. Michael came that. in nuclear days all the time, <laughs> and he was so. in Mira, yeah. and um, and so, uh, so yeah. Then we started. Dan explained that he was going to do a new recording project, and we didn't. He didn't know if it was going to be just a recording project or a band or what. But he started sending me recordings of chord progressions kind of or um you know basically instrumental music dan were you writing on guitar or piano or violin or bass bass. guitar and bass yeah yeah you were definitely writing i mean you didn't just send me bass lines you know yeah it was guitar lines and and bass (laughs) i don't know I don't think I had any way of putting the two together. It was definitely bass lines because right. a number of the first songs we did were your bass lines. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> yes, I've apologized. No, I mean, it was, it was better, better than what I could have done, you know. Um, so, this yeah. have, so this, of course, became Verna Cannon. The project yeah. evolved into, well, everybody that I'm on this Zoom chat with. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was a Dan writing project, and then the first connection was to Molly to collaborate. Yeah, it was for Molly to write these and lyrics because all I had was music. Okay, I got you. Yeah. And vocal melodies too. It's lyrics. <laughs> yes. All I had was guitar parts and bass. <laughs> and we went we went through a hilarious string of attempted drummers before we found Jonathan. Y'all played a few things like just as a duo, right? Did y'all play some shows out like did, Bill, yeah. Bill Jetty or something like that? Or we played like a coffee house. We did a couple uh, things, but we also started. We put an ad in the Free Times, and yeah. that's how we got Jay. Right. And then thankfully Jay knew John, and so that that was like you know awesome. But there like a, there wasn't a full band show until it was the four of us. Um, right. 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 Yeah. Cause we, cause we had various people answer that ad <laughs> and that was pretty crazy. Cause people would come in and be like, like, um, yeah, I've got a really distinctive style. And you know, when people, you know, people hear me, they know it's me, you know, and we're like, Ooh, you know, like this is going to be exciting. <laughs> I bet it is, yeah. 
That's like the worst thing uh-huh. that you could ever hear from a drummer. Like there's another thing of a band is like just for everybody. I don't know. It's, it's sometimes you you have to like find it's it's like a friend group, you know. And I feel like there's people yep. that are like we're not okay. We're not natural. No matter no matter who, no matter what the abilities are, if you're not kind of gelling, your personalities aren't gelling, and it's like okay, we just lead really different lives, and I think we're just gonna be on different wavelengths. And when Jay came in, it was like okay, this person feels like our kind of vibe, you know? I, I had never even played bass before. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bass. Right. That was that was a lot of moxie there. You were like, uh, you know, coming down to, you know, like, you know, come on down to, to answering the ad in the paper and, you know. Well, playing an instrument that you were like, oh, I don't really do that. And it was also, I think there was like a long stretch of time when I, I just assumed I didn't get it. I, I assumed I didn't hear from y'all for like a month or so, I think. And I was just like, oh, well, I guess it, I guess it. Did you leave like voicemail or did you have to write like a, a card in the mail or like how, um, how did that all? I think I, I think I, I think about a month later, I think I got a, I think I got a call or a voicemail or something, you know? Um, but yeah. I, I just assumed that I was like, okay, well, I guess that is going to happen. You know. Apparently this is like a thing I do because Troy Tate was in Lake Guadalupe for a whole summer and didn't realize he was in the band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think yeah, and when 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 y'all called it, you're kind of like yeah. I mean, it was like it was like what are you talking about? Yeah, just come on over. Yeah. Like we absolutely want you. We just <laughs> yeah. never told you that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from those humble beginnings, your band um, certainly rose up and uh, did many travels. Recorded several, two records, right? Two, yeah. Uh, which were released and paid for by someone not yourselves, right? The the second one was. Okay. I think that one of the things that's just super exciting was um, once we did get the cargo headhunter, um, I think like, I, I think I really didn't even have a full appreciation of. Did you have a band time. manager? Dan. <laughs> so Dan landed the record deal. <laughs> no, no, I do. Okay. I'm going to just razz for just one second and say that, that um, the classic Dan would be to pull out a printed email out of his pocket on the way to the gig and tell us we were supposed to play for like two hours or something like that was not possible. You know, like we didn't have that many songs. Well, if I told you, if I told you that before, we would have said no to the gig. Sneaky. <laughs> right. we, we, the, the response was always, a two-hour set, Dan. Hey, say, John... Just real briefly on the cargo thing, um, we got signed because they read a review in um, the Charlotte paper, and basically, cargo had just had Blink One Eighty Two, and so they had all this Blink One Eighty Two money, and they were basically just looking to spend it. So that's oh, how yeah, they yeah, signed. Yeah. <laughs> I think I remember that from your uh, podcast. Yeah. yeah, it's probably the same story. <laughs> we'll drop it. Out. Oh. Yeah. But um, I think, like, I didn't even really have an appreciation for, like, what all that meant and, like, the power of it because they promoted the recording, you know, they had a budget to promote it. So we actually got some reviews, um, like, we have a quote from spin.com and 
um, we got, you know, something, um, CMJ. And so mm-hmm. some things like that, like, I still use that spin.com quote (laughs) (laughs) and, and, um, and, and it got promoted to college radio. So, you know, and some people did write about it and like their like blogs, I guess we're starting up and everything. That was such a amazing thing to see, you know, what, what could happen with that kind of force behind something. I guess we touched on this earlier. It's kind of like, why do we do these things? You know, um, like, like sometimes like that's, that's what, it, what it's all about. I got an email the, forwarded to me by Billy, the guy that I did the trees record with. And he was, was this email about these people from these people in Massachusetts. They were trying to get a copy, their own copy of trees because they had checked it out from the library and they returned it. Now they're trying to get a copy. They're having trouble. And, um, and but the, they went on to say like, um, I I think the language might have been Bosnian because I looked up the phrase and I think it so they were she was practicing the kid loves the record I guess and they were practicing she was practicing how to say little boy and the first word of the phrase was is M A L I Molly and it was like Molly Dalak or something like this anyway she said she said Molly and he said Molly Ledford. <laughs> And this was like, like, like maybe like a three or four year old or something. And I'm like, I think the reason, yeah, I think I'm doing this so that some like toddler in Massachusetts practicing his Bosnian (laughs) will name check me, you know, like these are the moments, you know, like that just makes it all worthwhile. (laughs) Like it's, it's for, you do it for yourself. And yeah, like there's little funny little stories that make you feel like, like, oh, well I did leave a little something in the world it might be hard to find you know but it's you know well you absolutely have and um and continue to do so um molly thank you for being our guest uh one of the most imaginative and uh creative people that we are lucky to have in columbia thank you thanks for thanks for having me on you know like I feel, I was so thrilled to be invited, and oh yeah, really we've been looking it. forward to this. <laughs> and it's kind of weird to do it uh, this way, but uh, you know, I think it's kind of fitting. You know, we have to yeah. roll with what is happening, yep. right? And uh, we're, we're be, adaptable. It'll be, it'll be two episodes. Yeah, part one and two. <laughs>